0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to the second episode of Black Millennials Invest. This is your host, Ebony, just here to bring you some more info about where to spend your money, how we're keeping it rich around here, and how we're establishing some generational wealth in our lives. So, Thank you again for joining me today. I'm just really excited. Today we have a really good episode. The content is going to be phenomenal and I'm just so excited to really dive into the subject today. Today we're talking about tithing and the importance of tithing as well as what tithing means for our relationships to money. How it is that we come about to accept tithing or reject tithing. You know, what I find is that a lot of Millennials have totally thrown this practice out the window. And some of us grew up in households where it was like a mandatory thing. So I'm here today to just kind of hash out some of the realizations that we've had as a generation some of the ideas that we hold, and talk about where I stand on it. You know, um, I'm just here to be an open book, share my own experiences. And we also have a very special to my heart guest today, one of my great, great friends, Minister Joanna Jackson. Really excited for you guys to hear what she has to say about the tithing and what she teaches to people who she's involved with. So, you know, sit back, grab some tea, Grab a glass of wine, and, and let's get started. Alright, so the way we're going to go about this today is I have a few points that I'm going to address, and we're just going to roll through them and... And hopefully I touch on a lot of things that you guys have questions about, that you have been debating about, or maybe you've never even thought about tithing and this is the first time you're introduced to it. So I'm kind of going to start right there. So what exactly is tithing? The word tithe means 10, so a tenth, 10% of your income, theoretically um, based on the Christian uh, religion should go to support a church or a religious facility of your choice. Now, a lot of people have reinvented what it means to tithe. There's tithing, you know, with with monies, like with, you know, random giving, just giving as, it, as you see fit. So, you know, if you're in a church service, you'll hear people pass around the collection plate and people will give like a dollar or something. That is not considered tithing. Tithing is considered when you give a measurable 10% of your net worth or your income to um, a church or to any other kind of um, religious organization. So that's the the main sense of the word we get this kind of tradition from, you know, history, we get it from from the Bible. The Bible talks about tithing a lot. And people have been putting a lot of aggression and a lot of controversy toward why tithing is important, if it should be done. You know, we always hear about tithing is this kind of, oh, the church is trying to take money from you. But I want to draw a conclusion that is very different from that. My conclusion is that tithing has everything to do with your internal truth and nothing to do with what the church is doing with money. So my belief is that it really should be completely two separate things and tithing should come from within. So. A lot of people wonder like where the tradition of tithing even comes from, why there's so much controversy about it. So I wanted to pull some Bible verses about you know how it first came up in the Bible and and what you know what practices became the standard that we've consistently continued to replicate throughout the years. So in the Bible in Deuteronomy verse 12, we see a verse that says um, you shall seek the place that the lord your god will choose out of all your tribes to put his name and to make his habitat there the church there you shall go there you shall bring burnt offerings and sacrifices your tithes and the contribution that you present your vow offerings your free will offerings and the firstborn herd of your flock. So this is a very early verse from the Old Testament that kind of establishes what the house of God is supposed to uh, bring people together to do, and that is to pay tribute to God for the things he's provided, i.e. life, breath, health. Now, Fast forward to Second Corinthians, there's a verse, there's at 9, Corinthians 9.11, that says, you'll be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. So well, the suggestion there is, if you're sowing into the body of Christ, then you are enriched in t- to be able to continue to sow into the body of Christ. So that's really the concept is that you're sowing into what's already been given to you. It's not about what you may receive. It's not about um, where the money is going. It's really about giving thanks as a physical offering, you know, and taking that physical action to say, thank you, Lord, for everything you've done in my life. Now, there's a lot of people who I really admire who have been discussing the importance of tithing. And I really think that when you're thinking about what it means to tithe and how you can start your own tithing practice, or if tithing is something that you find to be important, when you're thinking about those things, it's important to evaluate where we are today and where they were back then. I also find that a lot of people have established this kind of guilt about tithing where they're tithing maybe, but they're doing it out of a place of obligation, out of guilt, out of feeling um, like they absolutely have to because their great, great grandmother would roll over in her grave if they found out that they weren't tithing. To me, that is not sincere Todd's. To me, that is, you know, just you following guilty conscience. And I want to just debunk some of that. Like, it shouldn't be about that. You know, we have to redefine everything. This generation is all about redefining whatever it is that we do, the way we interact with each other, the way we you know, hang out with each other, the way we communicate and, and do community service, the way we, the way we share our feelings, you know, we've now got the five love languages so we can understand each other deeper. We have astrology, we have science, we have so many different aspects that add to our worldview, that it's just unreasonable, To pigeonhole us into this idea that you have to give 10% of your income and you have to do it on this day of the month or you have to do it in this way. You have to bring the firstborn of your herd and your flock. Like, we're not herding flocks. Like, do any of y'all have sheep? I mean, (laughs) if you guys live in Kansas and you have sheep, cool. That's great. Thank you for listening. But my point is that we have very different perspectives just being of this generation and of this time period and just because our perspectives are different doesn't necessarily mean that tithing is not an important practice and it also doesn't mean that we have to tithe in the exact same way that we once did so I'm just going to dive into that a little bit more. I find that when you're becoming a tither There's a time in your life where you start to say to yourself, okay, what did the adults in my life do before me? You know, and you start to kind of take an inventory like, okay, well, they paid bills. Some of them may have had homes or paid rent. Uh, Some of them, you know, may have gone to church or been super active in the church. Maybe your mom was involved at the school. Maybe she wasn't. Maybe there's things that you learned from them that you don't want to do. Uh, Maybe there's things that you learned from them that you do want to do. And that realization of, okay, I'm an adult now. What are some of the things that I want to establish in my life as practices that I do? And we all get to that point. We all kind of get to the point where like, okay, I'm not in college. I'm, I'm... officially an adult. What is it? What is it that I'm doing this for? How am I going to live this way? You know, what way am I going to lead the people around me, the people who look up to me? And how am I going to make the people proud that are in my life? And so you start to kind of establish different things like going to the gym, say, Okay, I saw my my uncle who was an alcoholic. I don't want to do that. So I'm only going to drink this much and I'm going to exercise. Um, I know now that smoking cigarettes is really bad. Okay. My mom might've smoked cigarettes. I'm not going to do that. So, you know, we start to establish these different things that we want for our lives. For me, Tithing is one of those things. It's one of those things where I had to kind of say to myself, okay, uh, I I saw this done. My great-grandmom was a preacher. My grandmom and my grandpa are both preachers. My uncles are now in the church. Um, one of them is a bishop. So they tithe. And I've been hearing about these things. So let me do my own research. And that's what brings me to my next point, which is there are phases to understanding tithes. Just like there are phases of understanding your adulthood. You know, you come into your adulthood kind of thinking, um, oh, all this freedom. You're thinking, I've I've gotta explore the type of people that I like. I think your physical comes first. I think you start to interact with the people around you. You start to know what kind of girls and guys you like. I'm telling you guys I just listened to my 18 year old brother have a conversation with his 18 year old friend. They're all freshmen in college. And he he's like talking about the girls they are going to see because all the girls are coming home for winter break. You know, they all go to different schools. They're reconnecting. I'm listening to this and I'm just cracking. Up. I'm like, I was dying. Like, they're so hilarious you have to hear is freaking hilarious but they're just all about getting girls you know like that's that's their whole mojo and I just like I think to myself like wow were the guys that I was talking to like talking about me like this (laughs) like that's really what I wonder but it's very possible I'm now 25 but they might still be doing the same thing but (laughs) we don't know so you know it's really it's really interesting the the progression of how we come into things. You come into your body, you come into your physicality, and then you come into your responsibilities. You are in college, you're like, okay, my responsibilities, I need to do good in this class. I need to do that good in that class. Then you come into uh, your ambitions. So you're like, okay, how am I going to set some goals that turn into money? And Like, okay, I need some goals. Do they make me happy? You know, years ago, people didn't really worry about if it made you happy they were really concerned about if it made you money so here we are us black millennials wondering how are we going to make ourselves money how are we going to make ourselves happy how are we going to make ourselves you know respectable you know we can make money on a stripper pole we're not doing that you know we're we're trying to pigeonhole ourselves into the most optimal outcome great so then we come to Then we come to the emotional. We get to with our friends. You have a heartbreak or so, and you start having to question your spirituality. You start having to ask yourself, okay, do I believe what it is that my mom was teaching me? Do I believe what my dad was teaching me? Do I believe all these things that I've grown up around? And you've got all these different religions. Now you're in college. you've You've got other people around you who are of different religions. You're exploring all these different things. And you've got to find a basis for yourself. So which brings me back again to tithing. And the first phase, I think, is committing. So that's going to come from understanding your own faith. Maybe you never strayed from Christianity. maybe uh, maybe you're Muslim. Maybe you never strayed from Islam. Maybe you've always kind of stuck with that, and you really have found a solace in that, and you're and you're establishing how the practices that you've seen other people in your life carry out are important to you. So great. Now you've got these establishments and you're going to commit yourself to some practices. Like, you know, you have found some friends, maybe for me, I'm Christian. So I started going to church on my own to my own church when I was about a sophomore in college. I was no longer at my parents' church. I'm no longer, you know, hanging out where all my cousins are all going to the same church service. I had to branch out, find some friends on my own, and take myself to church because I knew it was important to me. So that's what I did. And part of going to church, you hear about this all the time. The tithings are going on. So the first phase of tithing, I think, is commitment. So committing to that and saying to yourself, all right. This is something that I see as important. Then you have to ask yourself, why is it important? You know, and you establish why it's important by understanding what the purpose is. The purpose is to make sure that the places that you are partaking in, the places that are giving back to your communities can function and also so that you can have a a faithful commitment outside of just going to church, or outside of thinking you're a Christian, or thinking you're um, involved in some way—something that's physically challenging for you—and a lot of us have really poisonous mentalities about money. So when you're incorporating money into the equation, you're really going to start to see how, you know, how tithing. Creates windows for you to understand yourself even better. So, the second thing, once you've committed, now part of committing is like, you know, deciding, okay, how much am I going to give? The Bible says 10%. Maybe I don't really make a lot of money. Maybe I'm like concerned about how much I can really give. Okay you know, start with what you start with. Maybe you start out, you're giving to the collection plate when you're at church, okay? And then maybe you decide, you know what, I'm going to commit to a tithe. It might not be 10%. Maybe you're just like, you know, let me make a couple of dollars, but I'm going to commit to something, you know? When you have less money, it's easy to commit 10%. When you have way more money, that 10% is a lot and it's going to hurt you. So it's really important to start off committing that 10% and understanding why you do it. Why do you do it? Then consistency. It's one thing to one month, you know, in January is the is the kicker. January's a kicker. Everybody's always, oh, my New Year's resolution. Oh, I'm praying to God. Oh, I'm holier than thou. I'm not going to be in the club for New Year's Eve. I'm going to be at church, praising God like my mama and my grandmama and my aunties do. Like, no. You know, everyone loves to jump on things when it's cute to jump on it. But are you giving in May, June, July? Are you consistently giving? You know, and for me... I started doing uh, a monthly tithe and I'll get to, you know, like why I do the monthly tithe because, you know, basically for budgetary reasons, I just think that it's effective. I don't want to pay it at the end of the year, but I do want to pay it. It's important to me. So I do a monthly tithe. I, I tithe at the end of the month like I would my rent, you know, same, same time my rent comes out, my tithes come out. Simple as that. Now, the consistency is important, important as well. The third step for me is spirituality. So now you're in a practice of it. And then you say to yourself, you know, why is it that I'm doing this? Or or how can I challenge myself more, you know? Um, and it never really occurred to me. I'll tell you, I've been tithing for over a year now. And I just did it because it was something I thought I was supposed to do. It was not until this year that Tithing hit me as a essential part of my growth, and I'll tell you why. I'm a member of Elevation Church Online. I'm a part of the eFam. If any of you listening are into Elevation, po- follow Pastor Stephen Furtick. He's phenomenal. He and his wife, Holly, are marvelous, and I, I volunteer with the church online. I really love their church, and I do... Tie to that church via online. I'm I'm a volunteer online, and so I do everything online. It's automatic, but every year they do an annual gift, and at the end of the year, they bring you know they they get you mentally prepared to give an additional gift from what you are already tithing. So, you're you're saying to yourself, okay, I've had this year. It's a time for you to reflect take in everything and understand um, what it is that you're sowing this into. And this year, he actually asked us to all pick a word. So he was telling us to pick a word for 2019 that represents, um, you know, what your tithe this year means. And this is like a gift. So he calls it a gift. It's not a part of the tithe. The gift is different. It's, it's a, a separate piece of gratitude and of commitment that you are sowing to to really emphasize your your thankfulness in the Lord, your faithfulness in the Lord, and and start to really break some chains on your own life. And I feel like this was the first year I saw I saw them do it last year, but I was already tithing, so I was like, I uh, I'm just gonna uh, listen. My gift is my community service. My gift is my volunteer work. I just wasn't in the place for it. And that's okay. It's okay to not be in the place for it. And when the Lord lays it on your heart to make that step, then that's the time to make that step. You know, don't question it. Just go with it. For me this year, the struggle was establishing a number. You know, he always says the number should be something uncomfortable. So It should be something that where you are giving it's not something you bat an eyelash at. It's something that you really have to look at yourself and say, why am I so afraid to get rid of this money? You know, why am I so desperately clinging to this idea of this money? And and when you question yourself in that way, then you start to realize some internal issues you may be facing. Like, why do we work these 12, 14-hour days. Why do we work two and three jobs when your bills are being paid? Your bills are being paid. However, you may start to feel like there's just not enough. And so often, I hear so many people talking about how there's just not enough. There's never enough of anything. There's never enough love. There's never enough time. There's never enough money. There's just never enough. We live in a, a... fear-based scarcity mindset and tithing helps to break that chain. You know, I love the saying that you cannot receive with a clenched fist. And I think that that's so powerful when you're talking about tithing because tithing is the opening up of your heart to to embrace the faith that you have. And if you are not faithful, Enough to yourself and enough to the Lord and enough to look at yourself in the mirror and say to yourself, okay, I can let go of this. Then you then have to take a step back and evaluate yourself. Otherwise, you're not going to get to that evaluation. We don't voluntarily evaluate ourselves. We evaluate ourselves when our hearts get broken. We evaluate ourselves when we get in fights with our friends and they call us out on something we never realized we were doing. No, you don't have to wait for that trauma. You can take that step. You can take a moment of silence and look yourself in the face and say to yourself, "Why is it that I'm so against this?" Or why is it that I feel so obligated to it? A lot of people come from again that guilty conscience like they have to be doing it. Like they can't just they can't just give freely of themselves, you know? Which kind of brings me to my next topic, which is, you know, are Christians the only ones who tithe? So recently, I've gotten into um, astrology and gemology and things of that nature. I really love the synchronicity between uh, astrology and, um, you know, the different spirituality practices and meditation into Christianity. I really love how how synchronized it is. And it's funny because whenever I talk to my friends about these kinds of things, we all kind of grew up in very like Christian households or all very like pro-black like Christian, like, you know, there's a lot of like pro-black Muslims as well, but like, you know, there's a lot the The friends that I hang around are very much Christian. They when I say things about astrology or the, uh, gemology or things like that, they look at me like you're bugging. Like anybody who's into that stuff is clearly on LSD. Like, <laughs> like everyone kind of has their own idea about how crazy or not crazy it might sound. The truth of the matter is, we're all connected. We're all connected. We cannot live in this world and pretend like we are disconnected because we are all connected. So in my realization of that, I start to wonder about different religions and different cultural practices. And when I was discussing tithing, I thought to myself, you know, like who else who else partakes in this kind of practice of being grateful and physically giving out of that gratitude? So. So no, you know. Uh, Christians are not the only ones who are doing a tithing practice who find it to be an important part of their religious belief. Uh, you know, Muslims as well as Hindu people also partake in a tithing practice that they consider to be purely voluntary. Now, Hinduism is a little different. They only do it voluntarily because it should be a voluntary action and i think that that is generally the belief of our generation as well. It's like if you don't believe that it's something that needs to be done based out of your spiritual truth, then you don't need to be doing it. Like the guilty conscience giving is is done. It's done for us. We don't participate in it. It seems like it seems like an overrated political thing and we don't do it. And I think that that's what's driving a lot of us not to do it. And that's unfortunate because I think if people do establish a spiritual conscience about it, then they will feel that it's something that needs to be done on their own accord, not just because, you know, the church says it has to be done. Now, um, in Islam, It's called Zakat, which is not 10 percent, but 2.5 percent. And in present day, most of the time it's voluntary. But there are some countries that make it mandated legally by the state. And I want to talk a little about that, too, because I think when things are mandated by the state, our generation, especially, we kind of look at that As a representation of why we shouldn't do it. It's like money corrupts. And so we start to feel like we should not sow in money to anything. Anything. Not just the church. To anything. Because we don't know if we can trust anyone and there's so much going on in our world that we don't think we can trust anybody and i think that that's fair and that's a concern that people have but that's also why you kind of need to do your research you need to kind of establish where it is that you feel comfortable sewing and and go forth in that direction with clarity in your mind about why you're doing this um because number 1 the benefits for your internal realization can be exponential. And the benefits for whoever or whatever you're sowing into are also exponential. And it's a special sacred practice. And I think that structured religion has drawn us away from it, has drawn us all away from it. And it's just not pure. It's not right. And it's like, we, we really can. I think that as a generation, we do have a desire to do it. I think as a generation, we really just want clarity. And we want a new definition. We don't want to do it the old way. And because we haven't really found a new way to decide to do it, we haven't committed. And, and now I'm challenging you all to take that step and just kind of establish your own definition and do it and see what kind of change it makes on your life just see what kind of change it makes on your life because if any of you are into the law of attraction or if you're into gratitude practices or any other religion at all you're going to find that gratitude and giving is at the root of it just expressing yourself and opening up your heart in a physical way helps you to understand why you do everything else. And that's why I'm bringing it up on the Black Millennials Invest podcast, because it's an investment in your own spirituality. It is an investment. And when you can put that first, you can make the right decisions on all your other investments, because you'll have a clear view of why. It's the part where People are rushing into their investments and not taking the silent moment to think about why it's important and what they're doing with their money and where each dollar is going that's prohibiting us from making good investment choices. So that's how this all relates to the black millennials investment. It's not just about, you know, if you're giving to charity or not. That should be the very first thing on the list. It's not do everything else and then, hey, what do I have left to give to charity? It's give of yourself to charity and give to the world and sow back into what has sown into you and then take your proceeds from your giving and expand, grow, expound as as great as you can. Next year, reevaluate give again, give again of your love, give again of your hope, give again of your faith. You know, that's where the importance comes in. Uh, You know, so one of the other things I wanted to talk about is where do the tithes go? So there's a lot of controversy about, you know, where tithes get allocated. And I think that's why we kind of turn a blind eye to it. We're like, yeah, we don't know where this money is going. I'm not throwing my money out into the wind. Cause if that was the case, I could just take my money and throw it into the ocean and say, well, I've let go of my connection to this money. So I should be, fee- I should be feeling free now. Like <laughs> that's not the point. One of the big controversies is where the money goes within the church. Is it to the pastor? Is it going to, um, you know, the pastor's car, you know, the pastor rolls up in a Mercedes and everybody's like, oh, this is where my tides went. You know, programs are getting cut and they're like, wait, where's my money going? And Literally, people, we've got to understand churches are businesses. Churches, community centers, those places have to have money coming from their members, period. Some of us, are not skeptical about church. Some of us are not. Some of us have been going since we since our parents came, brought us out the womb. We we went to high school, we've been going, we're in church groups, we went to college, found the church group, and we go to church. Some of us are about that life. And those same people are not tithing. And to me, that's a laugh. That's a laugh. Because you are here consuming, consuming, consuming. And not giving, not sowing into the seeds, like you're not putting the seeds in the ground so that you can continue to consume. That just makes no sense. Like, I don't understand it. I really don't. And people want to complain about pastors getting paid. Do you know you have to go to college? You have to go to theology school to be a pastor? You have to have certification to open the nonprofit as a church? Why would they not need to get paid? Now, I'm not saying all your tithes should be going to buy your pastor a mansion in, you know, in Brooklyn. That's not the case. What I'm saying is you should not be weary about unclenching your giving fist because you're concerned about where the church is spending their money. If you're concerned about where that church is spending its money, you don't feel you can trust them. You shouldn't be a member of that church. Simple simple facts. It's like dating. If you can't trust this person, you shouldn't be with this person. If you can't put your confidence in them, then you shouldn't trust whatever they're sowing into your mind, into your heart, into your spirit. You shouldn't be making soul ties with this person. Same with the church. The church is a place where you come to get healed. The church is a place where you come to get understanding. The, per- the place where you come to learn more about Christ. If you, if you don't trust where they're putting the money, then you, you shouldn't even be letting them sow into you. Imagine what that's doing to your spirit. You know, birds of a feather flock together. Kindred spirits are collected together. Where two or three are gathered, the Lord is present. So if you're gathered with people who do not agree, how can you walk together? It doesn't make sense. It's all in the Bible. It doesn't make sense. So you guys, my point is, our reasons for not tithing are flawed. And it's time that as Black millennials, if we're gonna start making great investment decisions, we need to invest in our spirituality. That's my point. And there's a lot of controversies and about you know where the money's going, why we're giving it in this certain way, what they're taking, are they taking cash, check, or credit card? It, it all of that is silly. And a friend of mine had a great quote, which I thought really, really summed up why we don't tithe. And as she said, it only takes one bad example for people to use as a crutch to avoid something uncomfortable. So basically the root cause of the problem here is that you find it uncomfortable to release the money into a place where you don't see a return. You have no problem releasing the money at a bar where you can see the return of becoming drunk. You have no problem releasing the money at the mall where you can see the return of of goods and services. You have no problem releasing the money where you can see an immediate return, but you do have a problem releasing the money into the community where you can't see exactly the impact that's going on my question for you is, are you looking for the result? Because nonprofits, churches, places of business that you're sowing into, typically have to document where they're spending their money. So if I really want to know where Elevation Church is sending all of my good money that I'm working hard for, I can go on their website and, and all of their services are listed. The families that they're feeding, the homes that they've rebuilt, the the ministries that they've recreated. Now, I can go and see, oh, wow, I've sewed into these things and they can continue doing great things. But if for nothing else, let's just say nothing else. Let's say not another thing, not what they've done in the community, not who they've helped, not not any of the scholarships they've given out, none of that. For the simple fact that every Sunday I tune in like like it's a drug fix, like I tune in so that I can get my mind right again, and I know it for some people it might not be a church, it might be Tony Robbins, it might be uh motivational videos, it might be Eric Thomas, it might be uh anybody t d Jakes anybody. There is a place where you go to turn your mind off and get refueled if you're consuming someone's hard work, why are you not paying them? why are you not Why are you not giving back to them? It makes no sense, so I urge you guys to just evaluate and start at step one. Start at the commitment step, start at the step one of just doing the research, understanding why establishing a a basis for what is important about tithing so that you can really start to get a clear view and when you start to get a clear view you'll be able to make better decisions and those better decisions will trigger down into our next episodes about where to spend your money Uh, so we're not done here i have a really good friend of mine who I mentioned was going to be coming on the show. So she's about to come on and talk a little bit about her experiences. And I hope you guys can gain some insight. I hope you guys can understand why we take this so seriously and why I think it is the important first step. You guys see this is our first full episode. This is where we want to start with making the right investment decisions. Get your circle around you. We talked about that last week. Now we're going to make the first step. The first step is to align your spirit with your why. Simon Sinek wrote a book based on a TED talk that he did called Start With Why. And the Start With Why is all about understanding your purpose for everything you do. Not just your ties, not just your uh, you know community service involvement, not just not anything, just everything you do. It has to begin with a why. And so here we are. I'm urging you to think about tithing and understand uh, why it's important. And and use tithing to to understand yourself more fully. And what limits you have on your own mindset, your own thinking. Because your thinking is your experience. So whatever you think about is your experience. So if you think there's not enough money for you to invest and grow and make millions, then there's never going to be enough. This is my lovely, lovely friend, Minister Joanna Jackson. So uh, just before we get started, I'm just going to introduce Minister Joanna she has been a lifelong friend of mine. I literally call her Grandma Jo. She's like my second mother. <laughs> and um, she became a minister in May 2015. I was there in the audience having an emotional moment, <laughs> applauding my Jojo. Um, then she graduated from Rowan with a degree in communications. She has been working with youth like as long as I have known her. I was one of those youth. You guys don't understand, we used to hang out at her dorm in Rowan when I was so young. And she was just like bringing us all under her wing. It was like me and, and how many of us was this? Like six of us. So we just like piled in here. We had a nice little squad in those dorm halls. We really did. We had like a whole crew, but it was it was so good. It's sewed into my life in innumerable ways. Um, She's, you know, on the other side of that, she's been volunteering as a judge for the Philadelphia Youth Poetry Movement. I used to be involved with poetry. She's always been, you know, sewing into us with education. We used to spend hours at Barnes and Noble. I think my love for books has come from spending time with Joanna. (laughs) So uh, thank you for that, Jojo. Um, And... And amazingly, she also worked with the Covenant House in New York, volunteering there and working with them. Um, and then now you are a substitute teacher in South Jersey, so you're helping kids every day. And she's also the you know the head minister of the youth ministry at Christian Faith Assembly in South Jersey, Mount Holly, where I grew up. My grandmother was a pastor; is now pastor by um, Pastor Randolph and. You know, I I grew up there learning from Joanna, and I know there's tons of children there now learning from you. So, Joe, thank you again for coming on the show. Uh, we're just talking about money. We're talking today about tithing and, and our relationships to money. And so since you work with a lot of the youth, I wanted to kind of get your perspective and and hear some of your opinions on, you know, exactly why tithing is important to you personally, what you encourage your students that you work with to to do when it comes to tithing. Um, and, and yeah, I just have some general questions for you. So are you ready to get started? Yes,
1: I am. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to get started.
0: All right, perfect. Okay. So, so Joanna, um, My first question is, what age did you begin tithing? And how did you kind of come to that practice?
1: Well, as you said, I grew up in the Church Christian Faith Assembly, and I was taught at a young age that tithing was something that we do to honor God. And so I actually began tithing even when I had my first job, my first W-2 job. That's how I like to describe it to the kids and teens that I work with. Um, My first job where I actually had to fill out, you know, tax filing papers, which was at CEC Entertainment Incorporated, Chuck E. Cheese. (laughs) Yes. Like that. Oh, do I remember? Yeah. So CEC Entertainment Incorporated, where I was being paid somewhere around minimum wage. I'm not sure. But I was about 17 or 18 years old and I was tithing even then just as a sign to honor God from what I was taught. Amazing. Yes.
0: So it started really young, like off your first job, yes. you kind of just jumped right in. You were like, this is something I've always been taught. So I'm just going to yes. go ahead into it. Um, yes. Great. That's, that's awesome. Um, And when it comes to introducing some of your students into tithing, I know for me, I grew up also in CFA and yes. it was always something that we were taught to do, but mm-hmm. it never set in for me mm-hmm. until I became like an adult. And I had like a like a real job, so to speak, like I was working at the mall and I was doing, you know, different things, but I wasn't seeing myself as a functioning adult who needed to be paying tithes and things like Mm -hmm. that. So when you're working with some of the students in the youth ministry, um, you know, how do you introduce them to, to personalizing the action of tithing? Well,
1: with the youth ministry, honestly, before the age of 18, I would say we don't honestly discuss tithing too much with our youth. We do try to emphasize some way, shape, or form of giving back, Mm -hmm. I would say. One, we want the youth to be encouraged to serve in the church, and we also want the youth to be encouraged to serve in their community. Mm -hmm. We do different community service projects, like for the Trenton area soup kitchen or what have you, but the actual... 10% of whatever you make conversation or tithing, we have not had that conversation too often with the young people that are under the age of 18. Okay. So I guess they kind of, because you can have a job before you're 18, I guess they sort of figure that out for themselves or if their parents have had that conversation with them, then that might be something that they consider. But in regards to the young adults, I would say those people that are over 18 or in their 20-somethings, I would say that that discussion has picked up more as we have entered our gatherings that we have about every two weeks with our Dave Ramsey Financial Peace University that has been a conversation that we've had much more with that group that age group 18 plus 20 somethings um, even early 30s as we've gone through that process
0: great okay that's perfect and that and that's a good um, point. I'm glad you brought that up um, because my next question was going to be about some of the best practices, like even as an adult and as you work with people that are your peers, um, you know, having some tools in your back pocket to better manage your money. And I know you and I had you know, outside of the podcast been talking about the impact that Dave Ramsey is having on a lot of communities and households and helping people understand how to manage their money. And he's one of those people that really does advocate for tithing because, you know, it's easy to tithe when you've got less. But when you start seeing, you know, bigger checks and you start getting your money mm-hmm. together and things are flowing for you by the grace of God, it's harder then to to let go of those those monies and mm-hmm. and continue to prioritize your faith. And so. That's interesting. So you have been doing the Financial Peace Institute with a group of, um, I know, a lot of friends that we grew up with at CFA. How has that been affecting your, your tithing and how has it affected um, just the overall attitude of the group about finances?
1: Well, one thing that I fa- have found fascinating with this whole Dave Ramsey Financial Peace University is one of the principles, the key principles that Dave Ramsey discusses, is telling your money where to go mm-hmm. instead of wondering where your money went.
0: Mm. And so,
1: while it sounds so simple, it's it's just been truly amazing to me. It's given me a completely different view of mm-hmm. even the humblest check. I would say the humblest check I received to an even you know greater paycheck that I may receive, because all of a sudden, when you do what he calls, I guess a zero balance or zero balance based budget where mm-hmm. literally you account for every dollar in advance before you spend anything you account for every dollar in your paycheck down to zero Right. And we're given a worksheet to go through that is a guide with different percentages like this is how much you should be spending approximately on housing this that and third Dave Ramsey does include tithing as a part of that budget but suddenly one of the things that I find very interesting is after doing this budget and having done this for a few weeks now um or actually a couple months now i actually find that i have quote unquote if i i know your audience cannot see air quotes but i actually find that i have more money than i've ever realized mm-hmm. and that's probably because i am assigning every dollar to a place it's not just randomly evaporating in tj maxx when i see a cute purse right it's like no that's for that space this is here <laughs> So I still have gone to TJ Maxx since I've started this Financial Peace University, Mm -hmm. but it's not just a random evaporation of my funds. It's this is how much you're allowed. Mm -hmm. Do this now. And this over here is for your car. So that's not randomly evaporating. So suddenly when you have things assigned, it's like, oh, even though I am tithing and giving up that 10%, meaning I still have the other 90 to work with. Mm-hmm. I am seeing an actual, dare I say, increase in my lifestyle, right? In ways because I know where my money is going because I've planned out in advance where each and every dollar and cent is going. That's amazing.
0: That's yes. that's amazing to hear. Well, congratulations that you're. Thank you. you. Know- I'm I'm loving it. <laughs> yeah, I'm loving it. I can imagine you. Know, it's it's amazing how much money we blow through when we don't realize where the money is going. And yes, you know, and that's part of why I do this podcast, because so many of us are doing well, and we don't even realize how well we're doing. And we're in this rat race, thinking that, you know, if we stop moving at some point, the world's going to fall apart. When really, if we just take a look and be have a little bit of foresight, we'll see that we're actually doing okay, we just can adjust ourselves in minor ways. And we'll start to see those strides seem bigger and bigger. So but another thought, if
1: I may just add this, because it just yeah. came to mind. Sure. I followed, as soon as we started this Spanish Peace University, I started to follow Dave Ramsey on Instagram as well. Yeah. And one thing that he shared that made a lot of sense, because it ties back to something you just said earlier in the podcast, he said that if you don't know how to manage your money properly it doesn't matter whether you have a little money or a lot of money. The mismanagement is going to make things a mess anyway. Right. So I think that's a key part that people need to get if they do have issues with tithing or with giving or with honestly any part of their budget, Mm -hmm. like a better job or having 10 grand more on your paycheck. If you're not handling it right, it's not really going to make a difference.
0: Mm -hmm. We need to learn how to manage. The management piece is so important. Mm -hmm. And Uh, Stephen Furtick talks about, you know, giving first, and then Mm -hmm. having everything else kind of flow after that. And I think that speaks to having that management piece already in place. Because even if you are, you know, gaining money, if you if you've gone from one job that was lower paying to a higher paying job, you're still going to be living off the same amount of money if you are poorly spending it. I actually Mm -hmm. just had this conversation with my mom, she's about to get married. And she's going into this um, premarital counseling. And one mm-hmm. of the things she had expressed was her, her you know, hesitation about conjoining their funds. And I mm-hmm. was like, well, that's, that makes sense. Because if you feel stressed about your own money... Having more money is not gonna make you feel less stressed. It's just gonna give you more money to feel stressed about. It's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's it's a matter of finding the root. And for me especially, the root was was having a fearful mindset around money, just always feeling like there's never enough. And it's it's the act of tithing, I think, to bring kind of back to that is that you're giving that trust to god and Mm -hmm. you're also taking the time to discipline yourself and so you don't have to be fearful you can see you're telling your money where to go and you can see exactly where it's going to trickle down and Mm -hmm. you know that that what you sow you'll reap so if you know you're sowing in this way you're going to see more clarity in where your money is going that's a reaping already you know people want to have these amazing gains on their investment but that with that piece of management in itself like you said you're just managing your money better and you're already starting to see your lifestyle improve just because uh,
1: yeah because if I may be so humble substitute teachers like teachers period a lot of times people might complain but it makes me wonder more and more now I'm like how much of it is sacrificing for the field that you've chosen versus how much of it is possible mismanagement on the ends of people and some decision-making.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Mm. And that's, that's really the key piece there. So the other question that I had, and this is going to be my final question is just, how would you advise, you know, some students, I know some of the youth ministry that you work with are heading off to college. Some mm. of them are in college. They're, mm. they're kind of a, a range how would you advise for people to go about tithing or creating a practice of giving uh, and sowing into the body of Christ um, if they don't have a church home or if they've not you know, found one place that they really feel confident in or if they weren't you know, in a place where like you and I grew up all, we were born in CFA and we've always mm-hmm. been there and generations have been there. If you mm-hmm. don't have a place like that, how would you recommend they go about Um, sewing, and I I know you said with the younger kids, you guys do community service, or what are some outlets that you feel kind of help bridge the gap and help you see that giving as a part of your lifestyle?
1: Well, something that I might advise someone if they aren't part of a church, like locally that they attend regularly, if they're interested in tithing still, and honoring God in that way, if that's part of their practice and their worship, I would advise that if there's any sort of spiritual outlet that they, um, I would say, take in or they attend or, how can I best say this? But for instance, like Jakes is on television, so right. maybe you don't go to Dallas and the Potter's mm-hmm. house, but if he's giving you some sort of inspiration during mm-hmm. the week, you might want to, you know, donate that way he can continue inspiring not just you but others as well. Right. Right. Um, if you aren't locally tied to any specific ministry if you right. are locally tied to your ministry then I would say your first priority would be your actual local home ministry but if mm-hmm. not there's nothing wrong with giving to the TD Jackson to the others as well right then also I'm trying to think and give the best advice to your audience but one thing that I think is important also and I think this doesn't get emphasized enough among Christian communities is that there is nothing wrong with asking questions about tithing mm-hmm and going to people that you trust to answer those questions or the people mm-hmm. that are in authority of the money to answer those questions. Because one thing that has come up with a lot of the 20-somethings, they have asked questions right. during our Financial Peace University, like, why do we tithe or what's going on with that? Right. And very fortunately, we do have Elder Randolph and Elder Randolph, you know, the married couple, yes. to answer those questions for the 20-somethings.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I think just as you might ask those questions, not just of a church, like you can ask the church those questions, but even if you are someone that gives to other nonprofits, Mm -hmm. nonprofits actually have to account for how they spend their money. They have tax forms that they have to fill out. You might want to investigate, like, yes, I am giving 10% of my income. Let me know, how are you spending this? I don't see Mm -hmm. there's any problem with that whatsoever. For those people that might have a question about tithing, like, "Uh, I'm not so sure. It's fine to investigate. Investigate and find out where is my money going that I'm, I'm giving, I'm Mm. sowing the seed. I expect you to farm it. Well, exactly.
0: Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's, that's very true. And I, and I appreciate that insight. Um, I know from your work at covenant house, that's one of the great nonprofits that can use, you know, some dedicated tithers or people who are dedicated to seeing them grow. Even if you don't have the time to put the hands in and be there, Um, you know, helping out the homeless youth. But, you know, if there's not a church home, there's a lot of different ways to kind of give of yourself. And the action is for you. The action is for you spiritually to be uh, giving and acting out of gratitude um, and acting out of your own belief of abundance, as opposed to, you know, feeling like you have to hold on tightly to every penny that you have. Um, and, and I'm glad you brought up TD Jakes and his online ministry, because that's actually what I do. I go, I'm a big participant in Elevation Church online. Mm-hmm. I talk about it all the time. I volunteer with them. I'm a part of the small groups with them. Um, but they're located in North Carolina. So I, I've never even been to the main campus there, but I feel very connected to the church and they even have, um, a, connection with hillsong which i know i've been to a few times i think you've been to hillsong as well right hillsong new york yes yep yep so they've got locations there so even if i want to you know enjoy and, and be a part of the community there i can go in and i know that they're really interconnected and they have very easy setup things where i can give monthly and it's just an automatic setup or um And they will send you uh, like a statement saying this is where their nonprofit um, funds have gone and you can see exactly what you're sowing into. So those are some things that I definitely see as as helpful for me as well that I've been doing. And I think to get that as a bigger practice among our generation is really important because it's on us. You know, there's our parents have their own ideas and they- are doing their own thing. And we have our own ideas. And I don't think that it's fair to suggest that our ideas are the same as our parents, but it's also not fair to suggest that our ideas are worse or different or, or wrong. Our ideas are just that, you know, sometimes we don't want to tie ourselves right to one church community, but we do still have the desire to be involved. And I think that that's fair and genuine and and completely viable. So that's a nice thing for people to do as well.
1: If if I may share one more thought that I have. Sure. Um, I think also because it's it's wonderful to volunteer your time Mm -hmm. and to give what they call in kind donations. Like, for instance, if you're not using a code anymore, this time of year there are dozens and tons of organizations that will gladly take that code off your hands. Right. Because there's so many people in need. And those donations are wonderful. And they, too, are just a blessing to people. But Mm -hmm. I just want to emphasize that monetary giving has its own lane and its own need as well, because while I can love an organization, what they stand for, and I'll volunteer my time with that organization, and I'll give in-kind donations to the organization, once again, nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. If that organization literally does not have a building to do what they need to do, or doesn't have the electricity, the money to pay the electricity bill,
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: doesn't have the money for insurance or whatever else they need. And suddenly, because they don't have the money, they shut down. Where does my volunteering go now? Right. right. What happens to those people that I cared enough about to volunteer or those people that I cared enough about to give those in-kind donations? Mm. So monetary giving definitely has its own space and lane. And I would encourage people that most certainly give your time volunteering. Most certainly give your in-kind donations. Sometimes you might donate canned goods this time of year as well. Mm In-kind donations are wonderful too. But if you can find organizations, churches for tithing or even other nonprofits, homeless shelters, um, whatever other causes you may care for, those monetary gifts most certainly have their place. Because without yes. them, the entire organization
0: will think fall down. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> they can't give it up. Yeah. Well, that's true. That's very, very yeah. true. Well, Jojo, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. Thank you. I, this has been a very insightful conversation. I hope some of our listeners check out Dave Ramsey, find a local branch, um, ask more questions. You know, sometimes just starting the the research or asking the questions. You know, I, I have been a part of my church. I was tithing for a year. I was a part of the church for six months. Didn't start tithing, started tithing, didn't do the annual gift. It takes steps, but just starting to ask those questions is amazing. And, you've definitely added to the conversation I appreciate you so much and my love have a great great evening and thank you for having have you me. back again
1: yes thank you so much for having me I love that you have this podcast and that you're educating people on how to best manage their money through black millennials invest wonderful try
0: girl try it <laughs> Well, you all, that wraps us up for our second episode of Black Millennials Invest Podcast. Thank you again so much for coming, hanging out with me and my homegirl, Minister Joanna Jackson. Uh, It was a pleasure to have you guys here with us today can't wait to hear from you again next week reach out to me on instagram follow me at at black millennials invest listen we have all the tips here we're gonna keep plowing through talking more about what to do with your money how to make that generational wealth and you guys have a great week make smart choices <laughs>